Not a surprise, we'll be in the book of Galatians. Uh, I was telling somebody this week that uh, I was studying the book of Galatians and we had been talking about some messages and I said, you know, I've been in Galatians for a while and I've tried to get out of it two or three times and uh, about every time I start to study a little further, I said, well, I'll, I'll have to stay here because I like this this particular thought's really good, you know, and I can't escape it. And uh, I try to escape it each and every week, but uh, I keep going right back to it. And uh, Lord being our helper this uh, this Sunday and continuing on if we stay in the book of Galatians, well continue to see some different things, but there's definitely a different subject in Galatians chapter 4 that we'll look at this morning, and we we finished up, I believe, at 20 last week, and we'll be picking up with 21 uh, this week, but Galatians chapter 4, verse 21, uh, I'm just going to read that one verse, and if you would, please stand uh, to pay reverence to the reading of the Word of God, uh, chapter 4, verse 21, Uh, this verse says this, says, tell me... And I want, really want the church to listen to what, what Paul is writing here. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for letting us come together here this morning. We, we love you and we appreciate all the many works you do in our lives. And Lord, I just pray that you'll continue to bless us, uh, lead us. And Lord, we thank you for the, for the many words and the many scriptures, Lord, and our, our holy Bibles that we have. And we pray uh, that you'll bless us, that you'll guide us, that you'll lead us. And, Use the scripture that it may uplift your kingdom this morning. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. And uh, thank you for standing. You may be seated. With this particular piece of scripture, and there's, there's obviously I'm going to go a little further with this, uh, all the way probably to the end of this chapter. But when you read that verse, and I really think about how Paul uh, treats a lot of his writings, I, I look at that and I say, wow, Paul's just really laying it out there. Tell me. Ye that desire to be under the law, and he follows this up. Do ye not hear the law? I see Paul's being a little condescending there at the end of that. Do you not hear yourselves when you say you want to be under the law? And if we back up, we, we're we're at the end of chapter four of Galatians, and like I said, I've already felt like I've beat a dead horse up to this point about legalism. But Paul's really saying, again, do you not hear yourselves? Do you not understand? And I, and I have questioned my own understandings of legalism, my own understandings of what I believed in the Bible and what uh, I hope that each and every one of us, you've questioned uh, what you believe. You've looked at some of the things that you've thought over time and thought about some of the legalism that we've practiced. And I can raise my hand and say I've probably been the most guilty in this church uh, of applying legalism in my mind to things within the church. Not at this particular thought process, which was saying that you need to be circumcised and you have to follow the law uh, to also receive grace. No, but uh, I have a, a certain thought process of some legalism that I have used and I have had in my own life. But he follows that statement up with a story of comparing the Old Testament a story of Abraham. Now, most of us know the story of Abraham. Uh, Abraham had two children uh, to begin with. He actually had eight total, but he had two children at the beginning, and he had Ishmael, and he had Isaac. And most of us know that story. He took a bondwoman. Uh, brought her in, had a child with her, and it was Ishmael. Thirteen years later, God gave uh, the promise to Abraham with his wife Sarah, and they bared a son, and his name was Isaac. Most of us know that story. But he uses that as a threshold, as an idea of the gospel of law and the idea of grace. And I think that's a very good example that, that Moses tries to use. Many times, uh, when we learn something new, there is a threshold at the door. 
And of that truth, we have to learn and understand all of the truth before we go through that threshold. And that's what Abraham's going back and saying, I mean, excuse me, Paul's going back to Abraham and using him as that example. Any man who doesn't understand the difference between the law and the difference between grace does not understand the gospel of Jesus Christ because there is a difference. Uh, they don't go hand in hand all the way through. They are separate. It's like trying to learn how to drive a car, and you say, I know how to drive a car, but you only know how to push the gas pedal. You don't know how the steering wheel works. You don't know how the brakes work. You just know how the gas pedal works. And I believe everybody would be in agreement. That ain't how you drive a car. <laughs> you don't mash the gas and go. And we have to learn to steer, we have to learn to stop, and we have to learn to control that thing. And a lot of Christians today, I, I think that some of their thought processes and some of their ideas are wildly off base or sort of learning how to put their foot on the gas, but they don't really know how to steer the car. Uh, some Christians, I'll just say, are lost on some of their thought processes on what truly is grace. And in this passage, Paul gives us an illustration between the law and between grace. And he wants us to look at the real children of Abraham. Uh, Paul uses the Old Testament, and Paul uses uh, parts of the old life of Abraham. Now, uh, Paul shows us the difference between the law of grace, and that proves that the legalists were not under grace, and therefore were not spiritual children of Abraham. We've already looked at that some. We have physical children. We have adoption. We have, uh, we have actual uh, children that led through, but we have spiritual children uh, that Paul is now talking about. And we have to understand the facts. And he uses the facts uh, for 21 through 23. He says, Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do you not hear the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, the one by a bondmaid, the other by a free woman. But he who, who was of the bondwoman was born after the flesh, but he of the free woman was by promise. Now, Paul is trying to address to the Galatians here that they were in the middle of turning back. Paul was trying to stop them and focus them on a life under grace. You are going to living a life under the law of the Galatians are right in the middle of turning back to a life of bondage, turning back to the law. We've already talked about the law equal death in so many places, and that's being put under bondage. That's uh, putting yourself, I don't want to use this box too much because a lot of people do, but putting it in a box where it only can escape this little box. Uh, but Paul challenged them to be aware of what the law really was. Now, the law was something that, we've already looked at it, he questions it, do you not hear yourselves? of what the law is. And he's, you have to read this thing. Now, we've preached a lot of messages up to this point, but if we mold it all together and you've heard what's been preached for the last few messages and you look at this and you say, yeah, yeah, Paul's making a big point of what he's trying to get across to us. Uh, there was an appeal uh, to Abraham. And by appealing to Abraham, Paul was appealing to the founder of the Jewish nation. All the Jews trace their ancestry to who? Abraham. So all these Jews and these Judaizers, they all had something in common with saying, yes, uh, we know who Abraham is. Yes, we know who his son is. Uh, and so he's using a story that they understood. He had two sons, and Isaac was born of Sarah, the free woman. Ishmael was born of Hagar, uh, the slave woman. And according to the ancient law and customs, uh, the status of the mother affected the status of her son. Whatever the mother was, the son carried that same thing over with him. It stayed 
stay the same. We see a free woman has a freeborn son. A slave woman would have a slave son. It continues on. And Ishmael was born the ordinary way. It required no miracle. It wasn't anything promised by God. It was only between Abraham and her. And that was it. But we have to look at Isaac was born by the result of what? A promise. It was a barren woman that had, had no way that she was supposed to have a child. She was past that point in her life. But God gave a promise. That was a special child. Abraham and Sarah were beyond the age of children, but God miraculously fulfilled His promise by bringing life out of the deadness of Sarah's womb. So we want to look at that a little bit. We also want to look at the interpretation. The interpretation happens in the next few verses, and we have to order. We have to realize, to, in order to emphasize the contrast between law and grace, uh, Paul treated these two mothers figuratively. He, he, he expounds on them figure, in a figurative way, which it says in twenty-four through twenty-seven, which things are an allegory. Uh, for these are the two covenants: the one from Mount Sinai. This is verse twenty-four, which gendereth to bondage, which is Hagar. Which it says Agar, but it's Hagar. Uh, for this, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia, and answereth to Jerusalem, which now is, and is in bondage with her children. But Jerusalem, which is above, is free, which is the mother of us all. For it is written, Rejoice, thou barren that bearest not, break forth and cry, thou that travailest not, for the desolate hath many more children than she which hath a husband. Now, to look at this, there are two covenants, uh, and one was the Mosaic Law, which uh, has its origin in Mount Sinai, and this is under legal covenant, and they were slaves, and Hagar was brought forth a slave son, and so does that law, and the other gospel, and the other covenant, excuse me, was grace. So you have one... Uh, one particular covenant that puts you under the law and makes you follow a certain uh, a certain order of rules. And this was a particular group of people that came out of slavery. And they were pretty much still in slavery. And it was given to them at Mount Sinai by Moses. But the other covenant that we read about is grace. Uh, and Sarah brought forth a son, which was a free son. And Sarah also brought forth a free son, which is grace. It was a promise. It was something she did not, uh, didn't create herself. It was something that had nothing to do but with God in her life. And there was also two Jerusalems in 25 through 26. Hagar stood for the first century city of Jerusalem, a city enslaved to Rome and in slavery to the law. And Sarah stood for Jerusalem, which is above the mother of all the children of grace. That's a big difference. I know there's a lot to pull out of this, and I might be going over some of your heads fine. <laughs> it goes over my head a little bit too looking at that. But if we slow down and really think about it, he's trying to say that the people that are understanding this particular set of laws, he's comparing them. We'll get there. We'll get there towards the end of this. He's comparing these people to understanding the law, and he's comparing a group of people to understanding grace. He's talking about the power of the law, which is slavery, which is bondage, which is death, that we've already talked about in other parts of this book, and understanding that following Sarah's example and Isaac's son and that promise, that grace that was given are two totally vast different things. Sarah stood for Jerusalem, the mother of all the children of grace. 
this heavenly city which one day will come to earth, which it says in Revelation 21, 2, is the city of the living God, according to Hebrews 12, 22. That's what he's trying to get across to them. There's a quote, and there's an idea, and there's also an application. In applying the truth from this biblical illustration, Paul has three comparisons to, to Isaac. He's comparing Isaac to Christians. That's an easy way to think about it. Now we brethren, in verse 28, Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of the promise. As Isaac experienced a super he experienced a supernatural birth and was a child by means of a promise so are believers experienced in a supernatural birth we christians today have experienced a supernatural birth that we cannot explain isaac came from a place that we do not know uh, from a barren place that was dead we came from a place that was dead and we are alive we are as like isaac we are like that birth as the children of promise, Christians are in a distinct category and should not live as the children of bondage. We know what happened to Ishmael. What happened to Ishmael? He was pushed out. God went and promised Ishmael that you will be blessed, that you will grow. And I think it's very interesting to think about Ishmael's life and Isaac's life. Ishmael came before Isaac did. Uh, the law came before grace did. I see a very easy way to comprehend the old law versus the new grace. Uh, you've got the old Ishmael that's going up and thinking that he's good. Uh, God even brings him out and says, you're going to have a great nation that's going to be blessed. You're going to be a father of so many. And we know that that's the Arabs in the middle of the Middle East and we know uh, that we have the Jews that are the children of Abraham and we know that that, that that significance there, the old is gone, the old is no good, the old is it's completely done away with and put away. We could also look at that as far as the belief of following Mosaic law. It's no good. It's gone. And Paul is using this as an example. And we compare Ishmael to false teachers in 429. But as then he that was born after the flesh, hey, that's Ishmael, that was born after the flesh, persecuted him that was born. What happened? When Abraham was born and he was being a, a circumcised, Ishmael walked up and I believe he made a joke, sort of made a passing ha-ha-ha about little old Abra uh, Abraham's son Isaac. And what did Sarah do? She said, we've got to get rid of this kid. This is not the promise. And that's when all things were done away. He persecuted, he made fun of him. He persecuted him that was born after the Spirit, even so it is now. What's Paul really trying to say? He already backed up and said, Why are we, have y'all not heard yourselves? <laughs> and he's going back and visiting, Do y'all not realize that you're sounding like this guy making fun of this new thing? You're sounding like this child that was born of law, born of flesh, born of regularness, and you're making fun of this thing that was grace, that is blessing, that is chosen, that overrides anything before him. When Isaac arrived on the scene, Ishmael was gone. The law is gone. Is we have something that is perfect, uh, that unites us, that is, is so easy to understand. We've got this thing, and you're adding this thing over here. It's not any good. Paul compared this to these false teachers. Abraham celebrated the winning of Isaac with a banquet. And Ishmael mocked Isaac, and we know that. It's in Genesis 22, 8-9. This early squabble was the very beginning of the whole war. All the things that we've got going on over in the Middle East right now 
goes right back to this. He says, Zach, how do you know that? Just pretty much the majority of scholars and the most people in the world agree. You go all the way back to this time and you'll find the reason that there are wars, why there's no agreements, why there's bombs going off, why there's a torn of places up, why nobody can agree, why there's always battles, the Jews and the Arabs still don't get along. And it goes all the way back to this. Paul compared the legalist to Ishmael as those who had been born of legalistic self-efforts. He charged them of persecuting the true believers who were born by the power of the Spirit. With few exceptions, Paul and his persecution came from the Jews, the people in bondage to the law. And Paul also compared Abraham to the Galatians in verse 20. Verse 30, excuse me. Nevertheless, what saith the Scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son. For the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. I'll say it again. The son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. I said, Zach, why does it say that? He's comparing the Judaizers to people that do not belong to the family of Jesus. That's what he's saying. He said, cast them out. That's something that doesn't like to be heard. That's fine. Uh, sometimes those hard words are hard for us to hear and to apply and listen to. But Paul tells them to take those people that are within you, uh, take those people that you are hearing teach other things on top of the law, the Judaizers that are taking the law and adding it on top of grace, and get rid of them. Separate yourselves. And there's other places in Scripture that says the same things. Get rid of it. It doesn't need to be in your thought process. It doesn't need to be in your teachings. It doesn't need to be in your presence. The same way that Ishmael was brought out into the wilderness and done away with, do the same thing with these Judaizers. These people that are teaching that you have to follow uh, an Old Testament law that has nothing to do with anything that's been overridden with the law of grace, just as Isaac was, that's what you need to do. Get rid of it. What great teachings that Paul was using. What great understandings that he used something that we could relate to. Now today, there's no Jews. I don't think there's any. I don't think nobody can trace your lineage back to Abraham, probably in this room. But Paul's using something that they understood. There was Gentiles there that was around Jews, and the Jews thought this way, and he was teaching them. What can we as Christians today help understand what's going on around us? Paul helped them to understand what's going on in their lives. Paul expounded to these Gentiles. This is why they're thinking this way. They're thinking this way, and Paul was nonetheless, he was very well trained in understanding how the Jews thought. He was a Jew among Jews. We've already talked about that. But what today can we help realize what people are thinking, what people are going through? I don't think we've got to worry about Jews and circumcision and, and law with people today. But we've got certain things. We've got people that are hurting in certain ways. They've got people that believe in certain ways, that, uh, that deny God, that deny the deity, that deny Jesus Christ. What can we understand from them? Paul's drawing all these things out for us. And Paul's telling the Galatians to excommunicate the legalists. That's what he's telling them. Get rid of them. That's one of the harshest things I can see a church do. And it, it bothers me sometimes to hear it, but sometimes it has to happen. 
excommunication. God had granted Sarah's request and got rid of Ishmael and his family. The legalism was gone. The things that was of the flesh were gone. The things that were toted off Mount Sinai, yeah, they're great and wonderful to live by, but they are not required to enter heaven. They are not required to accept grace. We need Jesus in our lives, and they free us from all our bondage. Some people don't like to hear that, but I've been drumming on that for about two or three months now. <laughs> it's just Jesus. It's just Jesus. And if we can use that in some sort of way, if we can show our love, if we can show our joy, if we can show people that's what we need, if we can't smile when we're going down the street, if we can't be happy, if we can't have joy, if, if we just can't expound on people how much we love them and use that new idea of grace and love, we're missing the mark, church. We are. If we can't show people love and grace, if we, my goodness, if we got to post out the Ten Commandments, and I'm not writing on the Ten Commandments saying it's horrible, but that ain't what the church is founded on no more. It's grace. It's, it's love. We've got to love people. And that's, what, that's really what Paul is trying to tell them. Get rid of it. Don't, don't even get it close to it. Get it out of your life. Just as, just as Ishmael was brought out in that wilderness, get rid of it. Yeah, it'll probably grow. Yeah, it'll do good. Did Ishmael not grow? Did Ishmael not have a huge nation follow him? Yeah, I did. Or did they die and go to hell? Yeah, they did. They were a bad country, a bad nation. And they rose up and fought the children of Israel all the way through. Do we not think our neighbors are going to continue to grow and continue to do? Yeah, we can't save the whole world. We can try. Do we not think the children of Israel did? Do we not think that Jesus came for all to accept, uh, accept Him, for all sinners to come to repentance? Yes, I do. The whole world needs Jesus. But the whole world isn't going to accept Him. we just got to keep going. we just got to love Him. we just got to help Him. As we get a verse of some song ready this morning, I hope and I pray that each and every one of us know of a way, can think of a way that we can relate, that we can love, that we can express our, our gratitude, we can, we can show our neighbors, we can show our, our family members that we love them. Lord, help us if we can't. Lord, help us if we can't relate. Paul's using the whole book of Galatians to help. In fact, he, most of the books, he takes and he helps the Gentile churches understand what the Jews are trying to do. Now, he, he, he applies other things as well, but he's trying to help them understand what they're going to face. I hope that as a pastor and I hope that as, as other Christians within the church, we can help each other understand what we're going to face. Sometimes it's ugly, sometimes it's legalistic, sometimes it's, it's hate-filled, sometimes it's lots of things. But what they need to know is that Jesus loves them. What they need to know is that Jesus died for them and that we love them too. And I hope that we can get that across to our neighbors in our community. What page you got, sister?